There was a time a while back when random acts of kindness was really in vogue. Do you remember this? I think it was Oprah who made it all happen. She makes a lot happen. There was even a book, I think, which seems rather ironic that we would need a book to help us figure out how to practice random acts of kindness, but I digress. I think that popularity had something to do with what we have to gain from these acts, how much better we feel about ourselves and the world. In fact, I just recently saw an article that said um, that kindness will make you a happier person. I mean, that also seems obvious. And I suppose that acts of kindness are still popular, the random ones especially, although you don't hear people saying it as much. What I mean to say is I know that people still practice kindness, that there are times when we do something for someone as just a genuine act. Every year on Ash Wednesday, we have the same readings. Every year, the exact same readings. And sometimes I really wonder about this, especially and when you're preaching every single year, as I was when I served in Kentucky, you begin to wonder what creative thing you might have to say about the same readings that you've heard every year, year after year. But then I remember how my children love to hear the same story again and again, or how my family likes to tell the same stories on each other again and again. Because these stories, they bring meaning, they have meaning. They remind us where we have come from and who we are and what our dreams are made of. Stories have a way of arranging us, of guiding us as we put in place what matters most in our lives. On Ash Wednesday, then, we tell the same family stories, reminding us who and whose we are. The community of Matthew's Gospel was primarily a Jewish community rooted in tradition and ritual. It was, I imagine, expected that everyone in the community participated in acts of piety, like giving alms, praying, fasting. The acts themselves are not the point. It is not what they, the practice, achieves that matters. What matters is how they reveal or manifest God's work in the community, how they show us and point the way to God's reign on earth. The gospel encourages the community to do them, to have these practices, not for their sake, but on behalf of God's kingdom. Indeed, the gospel invites us to wonder about the intentions of our lives. Are we, like hypocrites, drawing attention to ourselves? Or do the practices of our lives, the things that matter most, the intention and attention of who we are, do these reveal God's intention and attention to creation? It is ironic, then, that we read this gospel on Ash Wednesday, the one day of the year 
when we boldly mark ourselves in an act of piety. Why not use oil? Indeed, the same oil that we use in baptism, invisible, marked on our foreheads, sealing us as Christ's own forever. But instead, we use this visible and solid, dark and gray, gritty and dirty. We can feel it as it's being placed on our forehead. And, especially if you receive ashes at 7.30 in the morning, like some of us, then you have a choice before you. Do you spend the rest of your day having folks either stare at you as if something's wrong and you forgot to wash your face? Or do you sneak into the bathroom and wash it away so no one else knows? Even though I find when I scrub those ashes off my forehead so I can prepare for the services later in the day, I can still see their shadow lingering. There's a tension between my desire to wash them off and to leave them there for all to see. I mean, I do wear a collar for a reason. Perhaps this is exactly why we use ashes. They reveal our true nature, and they compel us to examine our desires. I need to remember that I am mortal. It is so very good for me. It reminds me that God is God and I am not. I am made of dirt and grit. My breath inspired by a force greater than myself. And although the imposition of ashes is not officially a sacrament, it is sacramental. An outward reminder of something that I know deep inside. We wear ashes on the outside to remind our insides who and whose we are. The why of ashes on our forehead has nothing to do with anything that we accomplish. The ashes do not make us holy or pious or righteous. It is the act that is righteous and holy. The act of remembering God is the creator. We are the creation. Remembering who and whose we are invites us to examine our own lives and the ways that we are bearers of God's life in the world. How then are our lives holy, sacramental? How does the outside reveal truths about the inside, our belief and our faith? knowledge of where we've come from, and how that has changed and transformed us? Why do we practice acts of kindness or piety? Why do we open the door for someone, fix them a meal, or visit the sick and the lonely? Why pray? Why fast or give something up for Lent? How does fasting from chocolate, for example, bring us closer to God? Why do we give money or pieces of ourselves away? What difference does any of it make? The season of Lent invites us to wrestle with these questions, to get curious about what matters most and how we've arranged our lives. Our wonder invites God into the practice or practices that make us who we are. And when we willingly examine the desires of our hearts, 
we discover the Creator's mark in our lives. When we look closely at ourselves, there is an opportunity for God's self to be revealed. When we face the questions, we have the chance to transform our self-centered selves into God-centered selves. Heighten our awareness of God. When we face our lives and open ourselves, we find God's mercy everywhere. This Lent, no matter what we do, whether we give something up, or take something on, or just keep doing the next right thing, whatever it may be, may the practice become sacramental, revealing God's life in our midst. May we remember that God is God, and we are not. We are dust, dirt, and grit, and to dust we shall return. And may this memory be a reminder of God's mercy in our lives and make us bearers of God's mercy in the world.